Welcome to the Gig Boss Podcast, the show about artistry and industry in music. My name's Adam, and it's my mission to get you the tools to have a thriving career. And look, today, we're going to talk about the five mistakes musicians commonly make. And I know these because, like, I've made a lot of mistakes, and I've learned from them and changed how I do things. And so I probably see myself in all these mistakes. So if you see yourself in these mistakes, don't feel bad. Let's just keep rocking. Let's keep helping each other out. Let's keep getting better. All right, so mistake number one, five mistakes musicians commonly make. Mistake number one, don't put all your eggs in the social media basket. It's really great to have a social media following. I think it's important. I think it's a, a big part of becoming an artist today. It's certainly an avenue that some people take where they're like, I'm not even going to do live shows. I'm just going to build an audience online. I can't say that I approve that message, but it's, it is a route that some people take. And, you know, some people have had some success with that. I've seen some musicians recently who have been able to sell out, you know, 800 to a thousand cap rooms after building up like millions and millions and millions and millions of followers on socials. Now, keep in mind like those are not large i mean those are large rooms for a band that like built up from you know coffee shops but those aren't large rooms for people with millions and millions of followers on the internet so it's still it's, it's like hard to sell tickets unless people know that you put on a bang and live show so don't put all your eggs in the social media basket that is to say a put on a live show like learn to put on an exciting live show one of the things that was I was really proud of with what Nookie Jones became was like we became a band that was known for crushing it live super clean playing super clean look dance moves high energy exciting show with transitions without bs talking in the middle of stuff just like a high energy high highly produced product show with really engaging and for me artistically satisfying music at the same time so it was like it was a dream that band uh so i was really proud of what we accomplished with that thing and i can say the same with my orchestra like my but that's kind of a different thing it's like the jazz big band nookie jones was like we were playing club shows youngblood's the same deal but youngblood's not something that i'm in charge of youngblood brass band puts on a really high energy dance club show as a bunch of brass instruments and crushes it and that we're known for that. And so it's important to like build up audiences in real life and like show that you can put on a massive good show and hone that skill and that ability, which will ultimately translate to social media for sure. But it's important to do both. It's important to do social media, but don't put all your eggs in that basket. And in addition to being able to put on a live show, I would say you should have a website. You should have a website. A lot of people don't care about their website at all, but I get hundreds and hundreds of hits per month on my website still. And my website is the only place where people go and buy things. So I should say this, like, there's been a whole bunch of research done that it's difficult to get people to click away from social media to go to another place. So like if you're trying to whatever, 
promote a new album and you want somebody to like go to Bandcamp and download it, it's really difficult to some, get somebody who's like who's like doom scrolling through reels to go and click on a link in your bio and go to Bandcamp and buy a record. It's really difficult to do that. But if someone jumps on the computer and gets an email from you that's like, hey, I just released a new album, somebody might click that link. In fact, you'd have a much higher percentage of people clicking that link and going to your website to buy something from you than you would on social media. There are content creators who have a lot of success with selling merch through their stuff, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. That's really important too, particularly YouTube creators. But don't put all your eggs in the social media basket, meaning you should also have a website, a place where people can buy things from you and a place that's like a central hub for you. And one of the big reasons for that is that I was on MySpace and like built up a little following on MySpace and felt good about it. And then what happened to MySpace? It tanked, right? These companies come and go. And it's hard to see that right now when they are so big. But these companies come and go. More things will come that will become more popular, just like TikTok came and kind of took over, right? Facebook has become this land of old people now. We all know it. We see it. I'm 38, so like I was there when Facebook was brand new. I was like, what is this? What is this thing? Right? These, these things are going to disappear. And what happens when... That's the only place where you built your audience. You have no emails from them. You have no way to reach them if that, if that platform tanks. You have to have a website. You have to have a way to collect email addresses. Collecting email addresses is so important. That should be one of the mistakes, that musicians don't collect email addresses. That's not one of my five mistakes. It should be. Collect email addresses. That's super important for staying in touch with people who like your music and want you to succeed. I recently just sent a blast to my email. I talked about this on the last episode where I talked about the 17 singles in 17 weeks thing that I'm doing with Lulu's Playground. And like that first single, like a bunch of people went and streamed it from my email blast. And that's what ultimately got it placed onto Spotify algorithmic playlists. And now it's like still cooking. 50, 60 plays a day just from Spotify algorithmic playlists, which isn't a lot, but this is a band that had zero when I started this thing, and that's the first single we released. So this, this stuff works. Talking to your audience directly works. And social media can be great, but you know, getting massively huge or going viral once, it's like you have viral moments, and then those things go away. And you have to try and repeat that, okay? And that can be difficult and fleeting and can feel empty. Go right to your audience. Build a great live show. Also have a website. Don't put all your eggs in the social media basket, okay? That's number one. Number two, don't release. So one of the mistakes people make today is they release albums the old way, quote unquote the old way. They release albums the way we used to release them in like 2010 or 2000, whatever, 1990s. They make an album. They print CDs and they sell them and that's all they do. 
And I think we're missing big opportunities when we release music this way. I think we have to be thinking creatively about how to capitalize on the way people consume music today, which is primarily via Spotify. It's important for us to have merch for people to buy. Totally. That might not be CDs. Maybe it is for you. Like Carnage the Executioner came on the show, hip hop artist, and he's like, I print 500 CDs, I sell all 500. And that's awesome. Like you got 500 people that are gonna buy your CDs, print 500 CDs, do it. 100% do that. But also play the game a little bit. There's a game to be played here. And there are a lot of resources. There are a lot of episodes where I've talked about this. We can't release music the way we used to. We have to think about how to creatively release music. And, and part of that, I mean, like this has always been a part of releasing albums. It's like part of that is creating a narrative around the record. What, what is this album about? What's your one sentence hook for the album? Right, that's an important aspect of it. But also, how many singles are you going to release before you release the album? Should you release it all as singles? Do you have a double album that should be released as two albums with singles before each one of those albums so that you have, you know, you have releases coming out every week for three months? Because ultimately that's what Spotify wants. Not that we should always just like play into Spotify's hands, but there's a way to reach more people today that's really interesting to me. And a lot of older musicians, especially musicians that are like in their mid thirties and older are not releasing music in a way that's advantageous for, for today. And they're just kind of shaking their fist at, at the streaming world, which I understand. I understand the frustration completely, but like there's a game to be played and we should at the very least be researching that game and working on releasing in a way that, is advantageous for today. And so for me, that's like you create promo material for socials, create reels. I mean, like there are coaches online who are like, you got to create a hundred pieces of content for TikTok a day. And that seems outrageous, but like the way that platform is built is that like any one of those videos could go viral potentially, depending on how you frame them and how you shape them. And if you're gonna do that for a new record, it's like I would suggest going to people who do it well and seeing what they do and then figuring out what works for you. But spitting out something that works on, you know, Instagram Reels or that like used to work on Facebook and putting it on TikTok, that's that's not really going to go well. Not that I know much about TikTok. It's like, I just see these things. I make observations. And again, it's like, I'm guilty of like all of these, right? Release records lately where I've been like, I've got all this video content and I just haven't done enough with the content. Part of that for me is just like, I'm over, I'm overextended. You know, as an artist, you have to be carving out time to do this stuff, which can be frustrating too. So number two mistake is releasing albums the old way. Don't release albums the, the old way. Come talk to me. Talk to somebody who knows what they're doing. I just want to help people out. And, like, I know how to do it the right way. At the very least, it's like 
prepare your Spotify stuff, get registered for Spotify for artists, pitch your stuff in advance to editorial playlists, like release on a regular schedule. You know, maybe your album isn't an album. Maybe it's a bunch of singles. Maybe it's an album and you want to release two or three singles ahead of time. Maybe it's two albums and you should split it up and release three singles ahead of each one and then the full album. These are all things to think about, but I think the TikTok content thing is really interesting and Reels content. It's like that stuff's really interesting to me because if you've got a song that has a certain thing to it, you know, you got a song you really like that really resonates with you. So you can make TikToks or Reels highlighting different parts of the song to see which ones catch. The cool thing about TikTok is that you can release 100 videos in a day and TikTok doesn't punish you for doing that. Reels, you know, Instagram, it's like the more content, they start to suppress content the more content you release. So it's not necessarily the most advantageous for releasing boatloads of content at once. So I would suggest like if you've got a whole bunch, I've seen people do this where they've got a whole bunch of content and then they'll just release it all on the same day and none of it will get seen. And it's like, it's the right kind of content. It's just like you're releasing it too fast on, on Reels and maybe not fast enough on TikTok, right? And I'm not really like, again, I'm, I'm not super active on TikTok. I, that is something that I want to start to pursue with my musical endeavors at some point. Don't release music the old way. Figure out how to release it in a way that's advantageous for today. I know that's a hard pill to swallow. There's a game to be played and you could be playing it. All right, number three. The number three mistake musicians commonly make is that they don't have merch available to purchase. And I'm not just talking about CDs. I might, I may not be talking about CDs at all. What is something that's unique to you? What's something that's special to you? What's something that has meaning for you? There are lots of options today. You could support local businesses and get things printed ahead of time and pay a fee ahead of time. I used to buy CDs. I mean, I used to buy t-shirts <clears throat> and other merch items snap bracelets, stickers, posters. I used to buy them ahead of time and then sell them. And I still do that a little bit, but I also recently set up print on demand using Printify and Shopify. So now I have all of this new merch that I designed that's available on my Spotify account. That's available on my YouTube page. That's available on my website. And I linked all those things using Shopify, like connecting Printify to Shopify and then connecting Shopify to, to Spotify. It's too many if fives, right? To Spotify and YouTube. It was a huge pain in the butt. Huge pain in the butt. But it's totally doable. And I did say I was going to make an episode about doing that. And I kind of screen share everything, the whole process. I still plan on doing that, but it was such a headache that I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole right now. But I will eventually make an episode that shows how to do that. The print-on-demand merch is a good option if you're going to sell a lot of merch. If you have a lot of subscribers on YouTube, for instance, you can put your merch underneath your videos. And if you got thousands of people visiting your YouTube page, like I do every month, then you'll sell some merch, especially if you start to wear that merch in your videos that you're making on, uh, I'm, I'm talking particularly on YouTube, but this works too for other places. Okay. So not having merch available is big. And I want to talk about merch at live shows too, because you know, I saw it happen with with Youngblood and with Milky Jones and with some of the other bands that I play in that like merch was the game changer 
merch was like the way that the band was able to make money in a lot of those scenarios. So it's really important to have physical merch at shows that people can buy. And I've got this, got this suitcase that lights up and it's got shelves in it. My father-in-law kind of designed it and re like took out everything in the suitcase and made it into this like display case. And I have posters in there. I've got stickers in there and snap bracelets. And I've got all these various different CDs that I've recorded over the years with different bands. And there's science behind like the more things you have at your merch table, the more things people, the more things people will buy. Whereas people will come up if they've never seen you, they might come up and buy all five, six, seven of your CDs if you've got a bunch, if you've got a bunch of CDs available. Even though they might not even listen to CDs, but they might be like, you know, here's here's 70, 80 bucks for your whole discography. Because people like to collect things, people like to support artists. I sold a lot of posters at my last event, and I sell them for five bucks. Sell like 20 posters, it's like, that's a nice little chunk of change at the end of the show. When I do guest artist gigs and I go and play with high schools, I do a big concert at the end. I usually have my merch case out and I go and the students come and buy CDs, buy posters, get things signed for me. And I'll do three, four hundred dollars in merch after a show. That, that's been a game changer for me to leave with that extra chunk of money from physical merch sales. So this is all things that I had to pay for ahead of time. But there's a break even point and then there's a profit point, right? Just like anything. You spend about a dollar per CD when you actually buy to pay to print CDs. Print a thousand, you'll spend like a buck a CD. You know, you sell them for ten bucks. How many do you got to sell to you make to you make a thousand bucks? And then you break even, and then you're making profit. All right. So have merch at your shows. Have merch available on your websites. I have I have sheet music that I sell on my website. It's, I mean, like I live in this world where like sheet music is a little more important because I do big band composition, which is on the jazz side of things. And there are schools that buy, there are schools that buy sheet music from me. So I have that stuff available on my website. That's extra change every month, extra money in my pocket. I should have set it up on my website. I got to pay a little fee to have the store. I use Wix. I think the store costs like 250 bucks a year. It's not cheap. But if you're selling some stuff, people can use credit cards to get it. They can download everything automatically. It's super slick and in my experience, totally worth it. So not having merch available. That's the number three mistake musicians make. Number four, waiting for gigs to come. The gigs are not going to come. Make your own scene then the gigs will come, okay? Sitting around and waiting for people to call you is not gonna happen. People are not gonna call you if you sit around and wait and then mope and then say sad things on the internet. Don't say sad things on the internet. Get out there, go to shows, meet people, book some shows, book, create your own band, write some music, book a show, get on a double bill with a band, make no money for a little bit, meet people, get out there. That's how you make your own scene. When I moved to Minneapolis, I made my own scene. I went out to shows every single night. I started my own band. I wrote a bunch of music. And I got the people who I hired in my band, who I hired, quote unquote. I got the people who I met because I was going out every night. These are the people I met when I went out every night. I got them to help me book my first gig because I didn't know anybody. They said, I'll vouch for you. We'll talk to this person at this venue. And I walked into the venue, talked to that person in person. I handed them a CD. 
you got to put yourself out there. you got to be out there in the real world. This, this goes along the same lines as don't put all your eggs in the social media basket. You're not going to get gigs just from being on social media. Probably. You might. But you probably won't. you got to get out there. Make your own scene. Be, be there in person. Show up. Put energy into the scene. You get out what you put in. All right? Don't wait for the gigs to come. Make your own scene. Part of that could be creating content. For sure, like keeping, keeping, I said earlier, like it's going to keep you on the forefront of people's minds, which is good. But the best way is to play, is to get out and play, get out and gig. Somebody hears you, you meet somebody on a show, maybe they hire you for your, for their band. This is how careers start to happen. Don't wait for the gigs to come. Go get them. And then the gigs will come. Make your own scene. I see this with classical musicians a lot. They're just like, why are there no gigs? Well, start a freaking string quartet and play a show at a club. Like, think about things differently. We don't have to do things the way that we were told we had to do things. Number five. Number five. The fifth mistake musicians commonly make is they fail to repeat their successes. Oh, man. I'm so guilty of this. Musicians fail to repeat their successes. And I guess that's a big, broad picture of, like, could encompass anything. Like, I had a thing that I posted on the Internet recently where I was like, what if Miles Davis's four had a trumpet solo? You know how all these people are always like, what if Rihanna's whatever had a saxophone solo? Or what if Jay-Z's whatever had a saxophone solo? <laughs> These are the saxophone players. I did that with, and Miles Davis, of course, like for those of you who don't know, like Miles Davis is a trumpet player. So, of course, Miles Davis's four had a trumpet solo on it. So, it's a joke. I'm like kind of poking fun at that trend. And I played a blazing trumpet solo, and it got a whole bunch of likes and a whole bunch of views. And I texted my buddy, and I was like, hi, I did this thing. Isn't this funny? And he was like, dude, do it again right now. Do it again and again and again and again. Repeat it. Repeat your success. And then I never did it again. <laughs> I told you I'm guilty of this too. Repeat your successes. If something works, do it again. There also, you know, it's like there's a line. Like we don't need to repeat something if it doesn't feed us. So there's a line. I, I, I was listening to this other podcast that I really like, and they were talking about this girl who she was trying to like find a way to go viral on TikTok with her music, and she's a great musician great singer-songwriter, and she did something with a pickle. I don't remember what it was. It was like she wrote a song about pickles, and she, like, went hyper-viral in, like, a community of pickle lovers. And people were like, you got to make more pickle content. And, like, all those people were there for the pickle content. They weren't really there for her music, right? So, like, in a way, like, she could have leaned into the pickle thing. <laughs> Seems so silly to talk about. She could have totally leaned into the pickle thing, but, like, that would not, like, th those people weren't there for her music. So it didn't make sense for her to be like, all right, now I'm going to, the pickle's going to be a microphone and the pickle's going to be my guitar. Or, you know what I mean? It's like it didn't make sense for her to do that because people didn't, weren't really there for her music. They were there for pickles. That seems so silly. But there's a hyper niche audience for everything, I guess. So only repeat the successes if, if it really speaks to you, of course. If it speaks to you, repeat the success. If it feeds your your thing, if it feeds the thing you're doing, repeat your success. 
And so for me, you know, I think about content creation for sure. There were some things that I did recently that went, I don't know if they're like viral is right, but they had like small viral moments and they were, they were videos that were very quickly done that took very little effort. And so it felt kind of like cheating. And it was like one of them used my music as a background song. And one of them was like me playing trumpet and they both worked really well. And I didn't really do them again. And I, sh I probably should have like those would have fed my art pretty well, especially the one where I'm actually playing my horn. Cause the one where I was using my music in the background, that was really more about the visuals that had nothing to do with my music. So the one where I'm like playing horn, playing my horn along with other people on Instagram reels, it's like, I had a few of those videos, like go pretty berserk, not crazy, but like a thousand likes, like that's nuts. So I could have leaned into that and kept going and I didn't and repeated those successes and I didn't. And, and that's where like, I probably should have done that. I'm, I'm continuing to live and learn, repeat your successes, do it. I'm thinking about that right now too, just in terms of releasing more music for big bands. Like the Adam Eckler orchestra is really what, what kind of made my name. I think in general, that music comes from my heart and it's, I'm not overly, it's interesting. Like I, I went to school, I got a couple degrees in music, but I wouldn't say that I'm like heavily schooled in big band composition. It's just something that I really loved and I spent a whole love and I spent a whole bunch of time just exploring, just living in it. And I just heard somebody say like, you know, Ravel, the famous composer would spend hours just sitting at the piano playing one chord, just trying to hear every piece of it. That's the kind of time I spent in my early days of writing, writing big band music and, and not really with much instruction. I got to be around Fred Stern, who was like a brilliant big band composer. And I took one of his couple of his classes for sure. And that was in my undergrad, but it's not like I went to graduate school and studied jazz composition heavily. I did take private jazz composition lessons in graduate school, but it wasn't, it wasn't like being at like NEC studying with Bob Brookmeyer or something like that, like really having to know all the rules and, in a lot of ways, I think that's why my big band music stands out from a lot of other people's big band music. It's different, sounds different, and there's just like boatloads of heart in it. So I've been thinking about that a lot lately. For me, is like, ah, I gotta write some more big band music. You know, I gotta get back in that space again. But also, like, I love writing songs, and that's a, that's a part of me that I've been wanting to explore, and I'm doing that a lot more too now. It's like writing those songs and recording those songs and releasing them and just trying to like build another part of my artistry that I've kind of let go by the wayside. We are not a monolith. That's the hard part is like, I was going to say like one of the, one of the mistakes musicians make is that they don't focus. That's definitely me. But also I don't want to focus. I want to, I want to go where I'm drawn and I'm sure that these things will, will continue to be cyclical for me where I'll come back to the things that I loved and did heavily in, you know, 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18. I'll do those things again. But right now it's like I'm developing this other side of me that I'm really excited about too. So we, we do have to follow our artistic instincts and follow our gut. So if it serves you, repeat your successes. Mistake number five. 
we don't repeat our successes. All right. That's it. That's it for today. I'm in a hotel room in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and uh, enjoying enjoying talking about this with you all. And I hope this this helps you on your journey. I want to tell you quickly about the Gig Boss app because things are happening. We're building the books page now. So you're going to be able to see all your money in, money out. You're going to be able to track all your finances, see whether or not you've been paid, whether or not you've paid other people, see totals of how much you made with each band you play in, the bands you manage, export all that to Excel spreadsheets. It's going to be rad. We're building it right now. Right now, download the app. You can create groups, create events for free. Put all the details of the event in the event. You can link charts of recordings. You can click on addresses to pull up Uber and Lyft and Google Maps and Apple Maps and click on other people's names to, to call them and text them. It is slick. It's a great way to organize your stuff. It's born of my struggle of organizing everything, playing in a dozen bands and leading like five or six of my own bands. If you listen to the podcast regularly, you know that I'm playing a lot of bands, even still with job as a full-time educator at a university. All right. Fly down to Arizona soon and then Houston. And then I'm in Madison, May 19th with Supercell at Blue Stem. I believe the that's like bluestemjazz.org or something like that. Blue Stem Arts. We're playing in the um, in the studio. We're going to do a live album, live album recording. So part of what I've been doing too lately is writing some new tunes for that record. We're going to, we're going to rehearse a bunch of them. And then head over to Madison on May 19th to, to play a Blue Stem. So check out Blue Stem, Supercell. Love to see you there. More stuff coming after that. June 2nd at Crooners with, with the Jan and Iberg Five. It's my wife's amazing band. And then Supercell is going on a little tour June 18th through 22. We're going to play the Twin Cities Jazz Fest on the 22nd. We're going to play in Chicago on that stretch. We're going to play in Milwaukee on that stretch. Hotel something. Metro? Hotel Metro? and Fulton Street Collective in Chicago between the 18th of June and the 22nd of June. Lots of stuff happening. Summer months are here. Gigging is back, baby. I'm digging it. I'm pumped. I appreciate you listening. And if you really dig the show, could you tell a friend? Could you just tell somebody like, hey, this show is great. Go listen to it. That's going to be the best way for people to find out that I'm doing this. And sincerely I just want to give you everything I know about the industry everything I've learned everything I'm continuing to learn and I want to talk to really great smart amazing people who are making careers in music and have them tell you how they're making it alright that's what this show is it's valuable I know it so tell your friends tell your friends if you like it you are the best if you're still listening you are the best Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you very much. I'll see you in a week. Peace.